0: one this is a this is a miserable movie this is an absolutely miserable movie about a miserable person (laughs) working inside of and miserable as actually like a generous word i'm sorry an evil movie about an evil, <laughs> an evil man working inside what seems to be the most evil industry on the planet. I don't I like I like I imagine oil barons to be more decent to women than the than the, than the male characters in the music industry in this movie. They're truly, truly awful.
1: Well, the thing you're not understanding is the women are all disposable and who cares? And they're just here to have fun with, you know? You know what I like to do is I like to go into a bar, see twins that I have previously had sex with. And let's not forget that when you have sex with twins, it's incest because they're sisters. And so they have had sex with you and then i they're so mad at me because i never called them again but then like without explanation they want to fuck me again just because of how cool i am i guess and then we do have a threesome which is again incest because they're sisters and then i'm like hey
0: do the dishes and then they do them (laughs) he doesn't just say i mean the way that you just said a do the dishes is like fonzie ish and a bit more friendly sounding than the way dice clay says it in the movie like he gets up from them and goes and they're like oh dice that was so nice blah 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 and he goes do the dishes like just miserable it wasn't even like a hey do the dishes for old dicey come on he was like do the dishes bitch it was like and oh, don't they start crying oh, and go we just yes. wanted to be held they just go like <laughs> like 80 yard off camera. They're like, we just want to be held. And he's like, fuck you. It's so awful. Which is a joke question mark. Okay. So so that is the other thing. The jokes, the quote unquote jokes in this movie. Some of them are actually make sense, right? The one that uh, we were just chatting to each other. That was like, they're cheersing. And he goes, here's to you. sucking my dick. Fine. It's not very (laughs) good, but like it, you know, it makes... And a truly makes,
1: bizarre toast, but sure, okay, fine.
0: Yeah. It makes, grammatical, grammatically, it makes sense, right? That's, I wasn't expecting that twist on here's to you. But there are some of them that make almost no sense. It's like, insert genitalia into what seems like a joke, but putting the genitalia in the wrong part of the structure of the joke. Like, there's one moment where this... Where the all female group looks at their stalker, played by the god David Patrick Kelly, and they're like, they're like, hey, I know, I recognize that guy. He looked like a dick, but even smaller. What is that? <laughs> who was who that an insult to? She's not talking about his dick being small, which is a juvenile insult that this movie would come up with. She's talking about a dick in general that he apparently looked like, but smaller than that dick. Not his dick. He is a human. What is he's like a, a five foot me.
1: tall human being so he looks like a dick but smaller so like you got to assume this woman has been around like eight foot long <laughs> dicks exclusively <laughs> so to her that makes perfect she's like oh it looks like a dick but like smaller you know like you hey know how most dicks are eight to ten feet long this is like that but smaller
0: hey don't you tell me i'm smaller than a dick <laughs> like <laughs> it's too confusing for anyone to be mad about it would take a moment oh my of God. reasoning to be like I'm I'm sorry. Are you talking about my penis? No, you're talking about me and my my size as a human being, not my genitalia. Okay, I, I, I'm not at the size of a penis. Okay. Do you mean
1: like? It, do you mean like if a small dick were the size of a human being, that is what I would look like. I mean, I guess I don't know. Like what 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 quality of a small dick do I have exactly? Like I'm scrunched up. I I don't know. But if it, I was small, I wouldn't
0: be scrunched up. This would be as big as I got. You know, like. I wonder if there was an improvisation after that scene where he was like, are you talking about my dick? And she was like, no. And it was one of those funny improvs where her insult didn't make sense, and then they were trying to figure it out, and it just went into this deadbeat place, which of course doesn't exist because that's not this movie. But that's the only place that I could see that joke working was like two more beats of her being so dumb that like it didn't make sense, and everybody kind of stopping the flow of the movie to be like, I'm sorry, what does your... What did that mean? What were you trying to say?
1: Ricky, I mean, I think the mistake you're making is you're not putting yourself in our like 30 years ago time frame. Like you're the mindset of 1990. Just saying dick is hilarious. Like (laughs) you have to understand. What do you say? You're not allowed to say dick and you're not allowed to say fuck.
0: So if you say those things. That's fucking wild. You man. don't even that's have to you, crazy. You don't even have to construct something sensical around them. You can just say them, and apparently it's a joke.
1: You apparently you can sell out Madison Square Garden if you just <laughs> if Clint, you just say dick occasionally.
0: Like that's Clint, it. That's all it takes. Clint Eastwood, I fucked him. What? You did? Yes. What? I'm <laughs> I'm sorry. Why do you keep saying that you fucked these people? Is it an insult? It's always men. You I don't... Yeah, I don't understand. What is the joke? Is Did you fuck them? What are you saying?
1: It's like, so this is a construction he uses several times in a situation that might be, like, that person might be associated with. Like, he's at a really fancy house, and he goes, oh, Robin Leach, you know, okay, Right, Rob this is the kind of place Robin Leach might be. And then he just goes, I fucked him. <laughs> like, what? Wait, were you gonna make a joke? Were you gonna finish that thought? No, that's it. That's the thought. <laughs> did he fuck Robin Leach? That's weird. Why did I he mean, f- I mean per- personally I take Dice Man at his word. If he says he fucked Robin Leach and Clint Eastwood, like okay, sure, Do great, you think you he know? had
0: do you think he had a twin style threesome with Robin Leach and Robin Leach's sibling?
1: Yes, that is exactly what I think, yes.
0: Do you you think this movie, uh, here, let's do a quick intro. Um, This is uh, 30 Years Later, the podcast where Chris Chafin and me, Ricky Camilleri, talk about a movie that came out 30 years ago this week, and this week we are talking about the adventures of Ford Fairlane, the Andrew Dice Clay starring (laughs) vehicle where he plays a uh, detective in the hair metal music world i think it's supposed to be the music world entirely but it feels very sunset strip la uh absolutely disgustingly male and uh threatening to women and violent uh yet to them very jovial and fun um and chris i want to start this off by saying do you think this is the do you think this movie is the most 30 years later movie that we have talked about so far (laughs)
1: Yes, I really do. I really do. I mean, it's got so many things. It's actually, I think, one of the few movies to, like, really incorporate hair metal into it. Like, there aren't that many. Like, Flight of the Navigator, okay, there's a big Twisted Sister part in Flight of the Navigator, Um and then, I don't know, like, the theme song to Young Guns 2 is by Bon Jovi, but you it doesn't necessarily have a hair metal feel to it, whereas this movie is, like, 100% all in on these are the coolest fucking people in the world. Like, the the first scene is Vince Neil acting like he got poisoned to death on stage while performing with a band which technically isn't uh, but poisoned.
0: But it's, it's three members of Motley Crue. Not Mo- not poison. Motley Crew. That's Vince Neal's oh, yeah, band. But okay. it's like, I think it's Vince Neal. I think Tommy Lee is on the drums, and I think it's another Motley. member of of Motley Crew in it. And the name of the band, if I'm if I if I'm I could be wrong, I think it's Black Plague. Which is That's also not a well, it's good, but it's not a hair metal name.
1: It's not a hair metal name at all. No. Why were Why well, so, were these
0: guys so bad at coming up with hair metal band names when it's a movie that's supposed to take, like That's not a hair metal okay, band.
1: So here is the thing I read. I found an article from the Chicago Tribune. I think maybe the Sun Times from 1990, contemporaneous. Apparently, this movie is based on a series of alternative yes. weekly columns. Uh, From the very early 1980s by this guy who used to live in New York and then he moved to LA and he the way he was doing this sort of like music industry gossip column was he made up this rock and roll detective character who then encountered all the and it was basically just blind item gossip but it was in the form of a detective column. Um, and he first got hired to put together this script, apparently, in 1982, and then it was, like, continually being updated. It was always getting kicked to a new studio, and he would get called in to update it, and everybody who got the script would be like, oh, this stuff is all old. You gotta make it up-to-date, current, and he's like, well, it's a fucking five-year-old script. Like, okay, fine, I'll update it, and then he would update it, and somebody else gets the script three years later, and they're like, what's all these references? You gotta make this today!
0: (laughs) Is this the writer, was it in this article that the writer said that work with dice clay was like the most traumatic thing that's ever happened to him
1: no this no this was on i don't no no this was not this article
0: (laughs) that's great that's terrible to hear there's an imdb uh in the imdb trivia there's a there's a little bit that says the one of the writers of the movie said that working with andrew dice clay was traumatic for him and i tried to find where he said that and i couldn't find like a an allow any sort of elaborating on that um, on that quote I did.
1: I you did get the impression that he was like. I mean, this is absolutely the peak of Andrew Dice Clay as a cultural phenomenon, right? Like, I mean, I referenced this before, but he sold out Madison Square Garden. He's the only comedian in history, I think, to do that. He was just this huge force in. This was the when he was on SNL, and one of the cast members quit because she refused to be in a in, on a, on the show with him. I think. I mean, that's like, as I understand the story, although maybe that's not one hundred percent true. Um, because he's disgusting. But- because he's a disgusting right, piece of garbage who hates women. And at the time to say like, oh, what is this disgusting piece of garbage hates women. People were like, oh, shut up. What are you, one of these women's lib types? Can't well, you take also, a joke?
0: And also he would say, I don't know if he would say it at the time or he said it in retrospect, that it was all a satirical take on machismo, right. which right. fuck you. No, it is not. It's the furthest thing from a satirical take. It's just mach- macho bullshit. Like, it. that's yeah. all it is. There is nothing satirical about it.
1: And I mean, this whole move, so this is, Andrew Dice plays this huge, huge phenomenon, and um, this movie is, like, should be a hit, right? It's, like, a showcase for Dice to do his, like, Dice stuff, and I watched this behind-the-scenes featurette, and everyone... I did, too. I did too. Yeah, yeah, you saw this one. The, fi- like the five-minute five one you can, on YouTube, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, like, obviously, Dice was, like, The he he was the star on the set,
0: you know, and everybody's talking about like
1: working with Andrew.
0: (laughs) Doesn't everybody look particularly dead eyed in that featurette? Like Dice himself, everybody, like everybody, Dice himself looks miserable in the clip of that you see of him on set with Renny Harlan, where Renny Harlan's like, (laughs) We're going to shoot the movie. Are you excited, Dice Man? Are you ready to go? And Dice Man looks like, Yeah, come on, let's go. Everybody else in the interviews is like, uh, Dead eyed especially priscilla presley and she well that's like, what i was
1: gonna reference with priscilla because like, you're talking he's about so it.
0: great he's amazing you there's lots of controversy around him and that made it interesting for me to want to meet him and work with him and so i came and worked with him and he's nice he's a teddy bear and you're <laughs> like what
1: happened oh my god does he have a gun pointed at you right now yeah. <laughs> like Yeah, well, she says at some point there's this some scene where there's like some of course disgusting dialogue about like her dad fucking a horse, Uh, and then she says like, "Oh, I walked into my dad with the Shetland pony he got me for my tenth birthday." Does that excite you? And Dice goes, "Uh, I don't know, I never met your dad," which is like, as jokes go in the movie, not that bad. (laughs) But then, but then cut to he
0: has a massive erection.
1: Yeah, no, that's really good. And then, yeah, it's a whole bit about his boner. And they. I feel like you never see a boner like this in a movie, even in a fucking Judd Apatow movie. I can't remember the last time. It was so gross, too, because he's wearing pants, and it's a real, like, pants tent kind of boner. Like, they just have, like, a wooden dowel, you know, like, attached to his underwear.
0: He is also disgusting. I don't want to see his boner. It's disgusting. disgusting. And it's not like... It's one thing in a movie where somebody... There's a reason in movies... That you only see boners when men are embarrassed of them, right? You only see a boner in a movie when a man is like, "Oh, Gil, my boner, don't look." Like in this, in this, he's like, "Hey, oh yeah, my dick is hard. Take a peek." And you're like, "Am I being? Am I being molested right now? This is terrible. I'm being assaulted. I'm like, please stop." And that's
1: how it feels as a man to watch this movie. Like, yeah. let alone to be a woman who had to make this movie. Like
0: it seems to have been like war
1: crime this movie like you know from top to bottom
0: every time a woman is in this movie and they have to get close to him i feel like anytime i've watched an episode of two and a half men with charlie sheen where a woman had to like kiss charlie sheen or flirt with him and i was like (laughs) no 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 please please and two there's also a child in this movie and i couldn't not i could not help every time that child was on screen think to myself get that kid off set Like that kid, I don't know what's going on on this set, but it's not professional and it's not a happy (laughs) environment. That kid should not be here at all and like i don't necessarily think that dice is a danger to children or anything but i just can't imagine that that was like a happy Ricky, are pleasant you saying you set? think
1: andrew dice clay wants to murder children is that what you're saying and then have sex with their corpses this is a crazy allegation by you
0: <laughs> or that or just that the there's no way the money people behind a movie like the adventures of ford fairlane starring andrew dice clay were not cynical deviants looking to like destroy (laughs) lives. Like there's just no possible way that they were like just nice, happy people who wanted to make an Andrew Dice Clay detective movie. Well, you know what, one of the things I will say about Dice and
1: Ricky and I have both interviewed Dice. So we are speaking from a place of authority when we get to this, like, and maybe it's just because knowing him now as like this person that he is, and even thinking of the featurettes that we're talking about, like, I think he is just a very boring normal person like like an old dad you know that you might run into anywhere in america like i grew up in south florida there were so many like old italian guys like he's he essentially doesn't want to be doing any of this stuff or drawing any attention to himself but like somehow he is in show business (laughs) do you know what i mean like basically he is a boring dad who his he as a joke he says dick and somehow that made him extremely famous and rich. I think even beyond his own expectations, you know. So I feel like he, I feel like he was probably the safest person for this kid to be with, because Dice was probably just like, uh, "Hey, uh, so you watch baseball?
0: Yeah, baseball. He's like, is he's great. like, hey, do you what do you watch baseball? I fucked it." <laughs> and the kid was like, "You fucked baseball like the entire." Like the- The concept concept? (laughs) of baseball? (laughs) I don't know. I just, that's a thing I say. I don't know. Hey, Einstein, get him a book. (laughs) I fucked him. (laughs) Andrew, we get it. You fucked everything. It's fine. Um, I also feel like I get particularly, uh, I would have been haunted and disturbed by this movie 10 years ago, but there is something particularly haunting and disturbing about this movie now and I yeah. hate, I hate to say this because it's so kind of corny to say, but Donald Trump was so clearly born out of this period of time and this sense of humor and this sense of shock, right? This is exactly who he is and who his what his identity is wrapped in, Added and what people who like him like about him, right? Yes. You know, exactly. He's kind of like the dice man of politics. Hey, oh my God, I, he is
1: exactly Andrew Dice Clay of politics, where it's like, he said it,
0: uh, but you know, he's a good guy, basically. And also, like, and also when he said it, quote unquote, like, he said something that kind of didn't make sense, but was profane. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, uh, oh, I was uh, driving here and I saw a bunch of Mexicans. They all had hats. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Oh. And then you're like, what? do do Mexicans wear a lot of hats? Is that a thing about Mexicans? I don't. Well, I guess they have sombreros. I I, I guess. Okay. Yeah. All right.
0: <laughs> right. Everybody's too busy like parsing out what exactly it meant he said while he is looting or you know doing whatever it is that he's doing. Um, yeah, so I don't know if we want to go back,
1: but basically the concept of The Adventures of Ford Fairlane, the Andrew <laughs> play vehicle, based on the series of uh, alternative weekly columns, is that he is Ford Fairlane, the rock and roll detective, these are maybe the third and fourth words in the movie, <laughs> starts on a beach with voiceover, he goes, I am Ford Fairlane, the rock and roll detective. Oh my <laughs> god. Like, Okay. All right. Great. All right. Great. And then it's basically a noir story starring, you know, updated for the 80s slash nineteen ninety, starring Andrew Dice Clay. And it does really hit all the beats of a noir in a certain way. And you can almost see this being a movie that works, you know. But it's been like utterly sabotaged by the way, by the fame of Andrew Dice Clay. It's like like a super dense stellar object. It has fallen into the space time fabric of this film and warped everything about it to a point where things are unrecognizable and scenes don't connect in, and you don't remember who the characters are because the movie is prioritizing Dice going like making weird jokes in voiceover, very tasteless jokes. Like for example, he says, uh, "Oh." I forget what it's supposed to be like when he met his parents-in-law or something like that. And he's like, they didn't like it when I told them the definition of a vagina. The box, the penis comes in. Like that is not connected to anything that happens in the movie. It doesn't make any sense in context. It's just like a shot of Dice like cleaning up his kitchen counter and there's like three minutes of him doing stand-up over it, you know, because that's what the movie thinks you want out of it and uh it was a huge
0: flop. It's <laughs> not it's 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 not just obviously its first mistake was basing everything around dice and doing a bunch of a series of like bad and i also think lazy angry rewrites for Andrew <laughs> dice Clay. You know like there clearly feels like there was a writer who was like what do you want me to put in here now? Oh yeah. And then a Dice man, i mean <laughs> Ford Fairlane, you know, turns the car and around. And then all the
1: then all the ladies want to suck the dice man's dick because he's the coolest guy they ever saw in their lives, and then a spotlight's on him, and he does a really cool rock and roll song oh about his my car. God, we haven't
0: even gotten to the rock and ro- the rock and roll number yet, but it's not just that; it's also setting it in this in the music industry and this idea of the music industry, and having to be like the rock and roll detective and thinking that that is cool. And maybe it was cool thirty years ago, right? It was cool to sort of live in the music industry like that but it is not fun to watch and I can't imagine that that would have been fun to watch 30 years ago you'd just be like watching the movie just going just be nice to these people just be nice to that woman there's no reason for you to be mean to her and I think the movie it's 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 almost
1: like the movie is alive because it, it at the same time that it is presenting dice as the star and dice as being this complete piece of shit to every person he meets just because of how outlandishly a piece of shit he is and because of i don't know if it was directed loosely or very well but people react to him kind of naturally which is to say everyone is disgusted by him which i guess is supposed to add to his comedy but watching it 30 years later you're just like this movie thinks he sucks. Yep. <laughs> like, this movie doesn't like the star of the movie. Like everything he does, every character is like fuck you, you're disgusting. Like what is wrong with you?
0: Yeah. Um okay, so if we if we <laughs> We've done no plot for this movie whatsoever. Yeah, it's just... funny
1: because we've been on this project to describe the movies in chronological order in a way that kind of makes sense. And about five minutes into this movie, I was like, "Oh, this is not going to work." No, same. <laughs> this, same. This my not going to work.
0: Here, my here's my first note uh for this movie. Uh, the 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 first note is. This is like the exact kind of production. You just imagine destroying a child's life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, Ricky, like the chi- the child didn't come into the movie until like 20 minutes into the movie. So that means you didn't make any notes for a long time.
0: No, I did. I did. I did. That was just the one that I remember. I mean, the, the other notes were like, this movie is evil. Men are terrible. Swedish, <laughs> swe- <laughs> Swedish meatballs. oh. <laughs> And yeah. uh, well okay well i oh my god i have a lot
1: i want to say about that but it, before
0: and like, also want... very quickly the dance move he does after he kicks the twins out of the house like there are moments where you you are like wait is this guy cool i mean i don't mean cool in the sense of like he clearly thinks he's cool and the movie while hating him thinks he's cool but then all of a sudden he does something where you're like that is the dorkiest, lamest fucking thing a person has ever done. it's like, he throws these two twins out that he's just committed incest with. And then as they're running away, he does like a Michael Jackson dance. Like he gra- he goes like, yeah, uh, ha ha! And like grabs himself and spins around. And it's, yeah. ab- well, it's f- for nothing. I-, I think, you know, as terrible
1: a movie as this is, and it is a terrible film, like, I mean, one of the worst, one of the worst, I'm certainly the worst we've done for this show. Definitely. Um, Dice is like, he's still around. He's still in the biz, you know, obviously, you know, Woody Allen, you know, whatever, but like, he did a good job in blue Jasmine. He was good in that movie, like watching him in this movie, you know, he sold out Madison square garden, this motherfucker. Like he does have something. It's just not being used right in this movie. Like, oh, I like he I, definitely has some energy and he's got some like something compelling about him and he is utterly unself-conscious. Like he will just do any dumb shit, you know.
0: I don't disagree. I actually do think he is charismatic. And if he had not found Dice Man and had found like just an acting career, he could have potentially been like a pretty good supporting actor. You know, he could have been like yeah a long career, like the kind of person that you see in cop that has, has a cop show right now, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, Something, something, something like that. But in this movie, it's like nothing works. Nothing is connected. (laughs) Everything just feels mean and violent and not violent in a fun way. Oh my God. No violent. in like a people are actually getting hurt (laughs) way. And this has like these attitudes and these behaviors have like ripple effects on the, the world at large and like so I mean speaking of people getting hurt like obviously this is a movie
1: with a negative corrosive effect on society like yes yes but then also in this behind the scenes featurette we're talking about so we haven't even mentioned the one of the bad guys in the movie is Robert Eglin like aka Freddy Krueger has a huge part as like a completely unhinged murderer who one of his lines is I look forward to raping her at your funeral which <laughs> Just... Like, wow. Like, that's wow. Like, yeah, that's quite a fucking line.
0: That's the other thing. It felt to me like the movie had no sense of, like, what its violence, the impact its violence would have on the viewer. There's a moment where a female character gets thrown out of a window head first from, like, high up on a building, and you think that she's dead. Spoiler alert, she's not. But nonetheless, you see a, a woman thrown out of a window by two men head first the glass window and it's alarming and it's kind yeah. of played for laughs in a strange w- in a strange way because it's like you don't
1: want it to happen but at the same time the movie is just kind of like hey broads yes like, you know <laughs>
0: exactly like it it ends up as much as the bad guys are doing it it does feel lock and step with the movie with the rest of the movie's ideas about women yeah ideas is terrible. like a ideas again is a generous term
1: well so one, one of the things i wanted to say like, <laughs> like like i know this is not advancing very far into the movie but literally in the first the opening voiceover so he says i'm ford fairlane the rock and roll detective that literally the next sentence is he says i can get into the hottest clubs the hottest dressing rooms the hottest chicks and i was like wait so getting into the hottest dressing rooms was that a thing people bragged about <laughs>
0: Like, yes. I can get into the yes. dressing room what Chris, is that supposed to mean what is that supposed to yes. mean yes it's the same it's what Donald Trump used to say about the Miss Universe pageant oh that he could God. go into the dressing rooms anytime he wanted that's the kind of people that we're talking about right now these are the kind of people that fucking rape and assault women and have no idea oh that they're actually God. doing it they come from oh this fucking God. rape culture in the 80s that wasn't even like hidden underground or in the underbelly it was this was like a big movie this was like a really
1: popular guy you know and this is the second sentence of the movie you know like this is just what was cool for dudes
0: and when he says i i I get into chicks he says it in this way that is so disturbing he goes i get i can get into the hottest dressing rooms and get into the hottest chicks it's like this deep punctuation where you're like. Oh my god the violence here is just like palpable all the time and it is,
1: and it is just having chicks in a litany of objects you yeah. know what i mean and getting into them being the thing that you're doing do you know what i mean like yes. like it's disgusting everything about it is disgusting again this is the second <laughs> sentence of the movie
0: and that is followed up by him within minutes talking about the twins that he had incest with and then yes. basically insulting them and telling them to go to fuck off because he doesn't remember them. And then saying something mean to another woman and then another woman and then, and then shooting a disco ball over David Patrick Kelly's head and saying Clint Eastwood, I fucked him. And then the
1: twins kiss him. And this sequence is supposed to establish how cool he is. (laughs) That is what, that is the purpose of this in the movie is to see like Ford Fairlane. What a total cool dude,
0: but it's, (laughs) mostly confusing
1: oh, yeah it's mostly confusing cuz you don't know who any it's like he just walks into the room and everybody goes "Ford Fairlane are you the Ford Fairlane" and this happens like 10 times and you're like who are these people what are they saying like i don't i don't know what's going on everything's very loud and it's very hateful and there's yeah there's violence immediately and you're just like oh my god this is fucking this fucking movie
0: so the plot then, of the movie right let's just say this very fast cuz yeah. we haven't done this yet <laughs> the plot of the movie is that he's a detective there's something going on in the music business involving a missing girl it's a fairly boilerplate noir where there's a a there's a female there's like a femme fatale played by priscilla presley she's got a a a daughter or a sister that that people are looking for
1: chinatown joke that they're making that
0: gilbert Gottfried makes which is a very funny cameo by gilbert Gottfried, where he plays this uh, extremely powerful LA DJ. It's like such a great look into the music business in the 80s when fucking DJs were oh powerful God. in any way. Like they now- make
1: Gilbert Gottfried looks like he's 17 years old, a hundred pounds, and he hasn't bathed in a, at least one month. That is how they make him look, which is kind of cool, honestly.
0: And he gets, uh, he gets electrocuted. He gets killed by the bad guy's uh, henchmen. And in Fairlane is just a little too late to save him. And we literally get- like one scene with Gilbert Gottfried, which is very short. And then after yeah. his death, Dice Wait, man... can I say, wait, wait, can yeah, I sure. say? Sure, in
1: course. this scene, the scene is great. Gilbert Gottfried and Dice actually have a good chemistry together. Possibly when the one walk...
0: good scene of the movie, I would say.
1: When They're supposed to be friends from childhood. And when Dice walks in the room, uh, uh, Gilbert Godfrey says- ah, Ford Phelan, you Bensonhurst piece of shit, (laughs) which I thought was pretty funny, actually. I was like, that's good. Yeah, that's like a real thing you would say to your childhood friend, you know? Like, that's cool,
0: yeah. It's still too brief of a scene between them to elicit the uh, next scene where Fairlane is burning, is like, or not, he's like, I think he's like burning or looking at photos of him and Gilbert yes. Godfrey. He's and on he's on a crying. sailboat, which is
1: on the beach, like inexplicably. We don't know that he has a sailboat. He's never on a sailboat again. But in this one scene, he's sitting on a sailboat on the beach, burning Gilbert Godfrey's things on the beach and crying. And I was like, Wait, what? Right. Did you guys, just, you guys, were,
0: on this? you guys were that good of friends. Like, I know you knew each other from before, but you also seem to have a slightly antagonistic relationship. Where like you didn't fully respect each other, and yeah, you thought each other
1: were pieces of shit, and you kind of hated each other. Yeah, <laughs> and now and he's like sobbing on the beach. About <laughs> yeah, him.
0: Uh, there's also a horrible joke that I mean the the director of this, Renny Harlan, ended up directing Die Hard Two, which we talked about last week. But basically, he got Die Hard Two because of this movie. Uh he was he started shooting Die Hard Two two months after shooting this movie and got the job while shooting this. I guess the dailies from the action sequences were so good that like they hired him for Die Hard Two. But um I guess people talk
1: about there's a there's a chase sequence in the cemetery. Like is that like the big action sequence? Oh, and there's a big thing where people are falling down the outside of the Capitol Records building. Those are like the two big action oh. set
0: pieces, I guess. We will get to the Capitol Records building in a minute. I have some thoughts, but <laughs> <laughs> But Dice, uh, Dice is driving away, and then he hears Gilbert Gottfried on the radio as the DJ getting shot at by the bad guys. Like, somehow, like, no one... Or he's like, they just hung my DJ! Or my engineer! They just hung my engineer! And Dice Man's like, turns around in the middle of, like, Sunset Boulevard or Hol- Hollywood Boulevard and cuts off traffic and then goes, LA drivers. And I... <laughs> I saw that and I was like, "Oh, that's how he got Die Hard two. That is such (laughs) like that is such a John McClane line." (laughs) Well, supposedly this was written. This
1: movie was written with Bruce Willis in mind. This was supposed to be Bruce Willis as Ford Fairlane, but
0: it just never happened. That would have been that would have been better. Oh yeah, by a lot, because you would have been able to keep. The world, the music industry—you would have even been able to keep the sleazy element of the music industry, but and you, you probably would have gotten
1: better musicians to be in it. I mean, there are good musicians in this, like Morris Day is in it, and Sheila E. and
0: But Vince you and wouldn't, Neil. but you wouldn't have had the like aggressive misogyny that comes no. on top comes on top of it with Andrew Dice Clay's writing and and, and performance. It would have just been Bruce Willis being like. The music industry's slime and women want to have sex with me, blah blah blah. But instead you have Andrew Dice Clay being like, I fucked her, I fucked her so fucking hard with my fucking cock, and then I threw her in the trash. Like... <laughs> 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 it's like <laughs> that is
1: that is the energy of this movie. Like to yes! be clear, that is the energy of this movie, a hundred
0: percent. And oh then, oh my God. So Wait. then Gilbert Godfrey dies, and he has to try to find <laughs> yeah. this girl that Gilbert Godfrey wanted him to find. And uh, then Zuzu's he. Zuzu's gets-
1: Pedals. Is Zuzu's Pedals her name, or is that a band that she's in, or like.
0: Yeah, he has to find Zuzu Pedals, who, uh, again, if you watch the featurette, she's a very young girl, and she's talking about how nice it was to work with Wayne Newton, who plays the villain. And gotta be honest with you guys heard some stories about wayne newton and i didn't enjoy the fact that this young woman was in his presence for the majority of the movie she does
1: say in the featurette she's like he's so nice to me he sent me flowers on my birthday he's always talking to me (laughs) oh my god head
0: head slap head shake is what's happening with me right now oh my god he's so
1: welcoming to me he said i could stay at his vacation house whenever i wanted
0: so then, then like any other uh, noir movie, it's a fairly convoluted plot where uh, he finds the girl, but the bad guys are after him. He doesn't exactly know who the head of the bad guys are. It turns into it turns out to be Wayne Newton who runs a record company and he's exploiting all of his musicians. And there's
1: three CDs he has to collect to, to oh, in order to figure this out. It's like everybody's hunting for the three CD ROMs. And at first they're like, <laughs> they put it in the, um, they put it in the, the CD player and they're like, Oh, what is this? Some of that modern music. Oh. Cause it's going like, beep rah, rah, rah. and then they're like, no, these are data
0: CDs. <laughs> hey Chris. Hey Chris. 30 years later. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, we also, oh, and the other thing, the other
1: thing is that he's got this uh, sort of girl Friday who's Lauren Holly. Uh, oh, who... so pretty. This is the thing I wanted to talk about about this movie, though. Speaking of Dice, so obviously Dice is bringing his star power to the movie. (laughs) One of the things that he is doing is like delivering words like you have never heard them said in your life. (laughs) Like The way that the Dice Man does delivery of even a regular line is fucking deranged, let alone when he makes one of these jokes, which like isn't a joke. There's a part where it's like he finds an important clue, okay? He pockets it. And in voiceover, he goes, this case is getting
0: solved. <laughs> yes! He does these like You're weird. Like... He does these is weird that... He does weird Jerry Lewis bits. Like, what the fuck is going on? What the fuck is going on? There's the you whole know? thing after he leaves Gilbert Gottfried's radio station before Gottfried gets killed. When Gottfried says, I'm gonna give you 4000 dollars and then gives him two and then holds on the other two. Dice Man runs out of the radio station and does like this weird, tight-legged skip across the across the sidewalk, and goes, "Gonna get money, gonna get mo- mo- money." You're like, "Who is this character? You're like, is this person cool? Is this? Am I supposed to think this is cool? Like- yeah, it's like it's like the dance he did after the twins left. <laughs> like, who is this character?"
1: It's it's extremely hard to know what is going on with him from one scene to the next. And look, guys, we haven't, guys, Ricky, we haven't even <laughs> discussed that he's got like a best friend that's a koala. Also, that we establish. You're, you're, they establish early in the movie an insane number of specifics about the Dice Man's character. <laughs> um, he only drinks sambuca milkshakes. He's got a Zippo lighter in a holster. He's got a revolver in his sleeve on a spring. Every time he answers the phone, he answers the phone like it's a radio call-in contest because you never know, baby. <laughs> and also, he gets paid in things that aren't money. He gets like gold watches and somebody paid him with a koala. And now this crazy koala is his
0: best friend. <laughs> the co- um, the wait. koala was, pay- was paid to him by in excess. <laughs> because they're australian do you understand yes she goes that. she goes in excess left this koala for you which i initially thought was a puppet and so when the thing actually started moving on its own and you know reacting to scenes as if it were a human being i was ex- <laughs> i was i was extremely confused because i was like who's manning the puppet right now <laughs> i mean it is a puppet isn't it is it I not know, a puppet it? no it absolutely is a puppet but i thought it was a puppet in the movie as well like i didn't think oh <laughs> you thought it was not supposed to be real because it looks like...
1: so incredibly fake that you thought yeah. it was supposed to not i be thought real. i thought
0: it was like they sent him a teddy bear you know but it was a koala bear <laughs> and so when the thing started moving around on its own i was very confused oh it's um,
1: like it's like a, it's like far below the level of Alf as a puppet. Like way <laughs> less real looking than Alf, you know.
0: So uh after Gilbert Godfrey's dies and he goes on the hunt for uh Zuzu, he comes into contact with Robert England, uh, who you mentioned before, freddy Krueger, who is yeah. on a on a on a on a boat as well, on an SM boat where there's lots of dildos and and masks hanging and from twists. the ceiling. You know how you know how that's what you like to do with dildos <laughs> just hang from the ceiling. Um because Robert England's character is some sort of like sadist sex freak that is also a hitman for Wayne Newton who ends up becoming the villain and they the two of them fight and it's very it's actually very fun to watch. I would say that's my favorite part of the movie is watching Robert England do something other than Freddy Krueger, whether or not he's it good. Yeah, I'll yeah. I'll let somebody else decide that. I just love him and it's fun to watch that. He's for
1: some reason doing an English accent. I don't think that was in the script. If I had to guess, so I would say that was all England.
0: You know, in the featurette he says um he likes the movie because he loves old pulp novels. And I buy that. Yeah, I, actually do, I, buy that I actually too. do. I yeah. actually do do believe that Robert England probably sits around reading old Jim Thompson or or, you know, uh, yeah, Raymond pulp Chandler, novels. yeah. Uh and then So then they they fight, and for what feels like no reason, like a a good detective would be like, a stranger is fighting me. I better subdue him and then find out who he is and who sent him. (laughs) Dice is not a good detective. And what Dice, I mean Ford Fairlane does, is smash a TV over this man's head when the man is basically out of commission. So, killing him, seemingly yeah, killing murdering, him.
1: Murdering him, right. And
0: yeah. then within seconds, walking away, going, Who was that guy? Who sent him? I got to find all these things out. And it's like, Buddy, you could have figured it out if you had just asked him while he was in the room with you. But so you decided to break a TV over his fucking head. <laughs>
1: Well, so this is actually why I brought Robert England up originally in the first place. You were talking about how the movie doesn't seem safe, like a safe environment. And, and I think you meant like emotionally and sexually for children, which is a fair. But there's in this making of featurette, there's a part where Robert England is saying, because the boat sinks at the end, and then Robert England like punches up through the deck of the boat. So, you know, he's like Freddy, right? But also so, you know, he's still alive. In the featurette, he said-
0: do you think they were trying to do a Freddy reference? I Oh,
1: definitely. Yeah. This movie is so full of references to things, right? It's full of references to songs and other movies, and like, it's trying to be very, like, winky L.A., you know, like, we're all in the entertainment
0: business kind of movie.
1: But it doesn't really pull it fucking off.
0: Fucking assholes.
1: Um, but he says in the in the making of featurette, he goes, um, oh, yeah, like, nobody wanted to be in the water with me, because I was really under there for that, and, uh, you know, they didn't want to be there giving me the air and stuff as the boat was going down, you know, because of all the things floating in the water. And I was like, this is a terrible situation, Robert Englund. Like, you shouldn't, why were you, why did you put yourself in that position? Like, don't you have an Robert agent? England. Like, what the fuck are you doing?
0: Why would you put yourself in that situation for the adventures of Ford entertainment? <laughs> oh
1: like, what the, was so uh, what was floating in the water that was so scary that none of the crew would go in the water? Like you shouldn't Chris, be in the water either.
0: Chris, I can tell you right now what it was for the people making this movie who <laughs> surrounded themselves with Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> it, dild- it was dildos. it was dildo. They were like they were all like, Gil, get those penises away from me.
1: <laughs> the ocean? I fucked it. <laughs>
0: but like jace's sense of humor is so awful it's the kind of guy you're standing next to and he goes he says like if there's a dildo or a sex shop around he's like hey why don't you go into that sex shop and stuff everything up your fucking ass you piece of shit ha 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 and you're like, that's not funny. That's mean. You're like, was really mean. Why you, would you say that? To do you me? not
1: like me? I thought we were. Why would you say that to me?
0: Yeah. Why would you say something so violent to me?
1: And you're like, are you? Do you want um, me to do that? Or do you want me to do something like that? Like, is that are, are you thinking about that? <laughs> What's going on between us? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so then uh, Dice leaves Robert England. He finds Zuzu in another like, is this guy supposed to be a good detective he shows up to a funeral and he starts showing uh, like Zuzu's oh picture God. and the first the first person he shows the picture to ends up being Zuzu <laughs> and instead of being like and instead of being like, "Oh wow, Zuzu petals come with me." He's literally like, "Go Zuzu petals, I found you." Like <laughs> incredibly goofy and crazy and you're like <sighs> A fucking loser. You're supposed and to... You're be. supposed to be the
1: coolest guy in the world. He keeps referring to himself as Ford Fairlane rock and roll detective some kind of superhero. And this is how he reacts when he finds the girl at the center of the big mystery. <laughs> I,
0: found I found you! Like, jeez. Also, uh, I got ahead of something, and I feel really bad for getting ahead of it, because you lightly touched on it earlier. Oh, yes. You would be so remiss to forget this moment because it is one of the most shocking atrocities ever committed (laughs) to celluloid and that is the scene where out of nowhere for no fucking reason at all dice man otherwise known as ford fairlane walks into a recording studio while someone who is seemingly like wham or some sort of boy band is recording something that he, he views as um you know Gay, yeah, probably. He does
1: definitely say the word fag in this movie. I mean, and it's terrible to hear. It's (laughs) terrible to hear. He
0: he walks into the studio, pushes the pushes the guy aside who's recording, and everyone who's recording this goes, "Hey, what's he doing? What's for? What's going on over there? What's Fairlane doing? He can't do that. What's he doing?" But they do that so long, he has time to get the band (laughs) to like know a song that he knows. No, he does that
1: great movie thing where he goes, "Hey guys." help me out on this all right <laughs> and they just it
0: yeah. hey, hey, work with work with me here huh
1: yeah yeah and
0: they start playing some random song he starts singing this ra- this horrible song just horrible song and everybody loves it and they start the backup girls start singing and it is
1: yeah. So oh, and it's like, it becomes this like fantasy sequence. There's a spotlight on him and he's like dancing everywhere. Suddenly the room is like, you know, he, he, you know, 10 times the size that it was a second ago. You know, it's, it's not quite at the level of being like a Busby Berkeley thing, but it definitely like we have entered a fantasy world, but it is, it is still happening for real in the world of the movie. Uh, and, and then
0: when he's, on, when he's on his way out, sorry, I hate to jump ahead. But as he, fi- when he finishes, and he's leaving the studio, there's a black woman who's carrying a stack of papers, who happens to walk by the door that he's exiting, and he pushes the doors into her and knocks her over, <laughs> knocking the papers everywhere. And he doesn't help her, he doesn't say anything, he just knocks this, this, this black secretary to the fucking ground, and he doesn't care.
1: Yeah, pretty. Yeah, pretty cool, right? pretty cool, right? Pretty cool, right? <laughs> yeah, he knocks. His, he knocks this broad over, and she drops all her dumb papers, and he doesn't even care. <laughs> it's pretty and then cool. I think he
0: grabs. An, I think he grabs another woman and like kisses her or something, and knocks the papers out of her. Like he literally just assaults people as he's walking out of this recording studio. It's not cool.
1: Yeah, I mean Ricky. I I think if 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 a viewer say were to watch. The Adventures of Ford Fairlane starring Andrew Dice Clay from 1990 and expect cool behavior towards women. You're going to be very disappointed. <laughs> there's just not a lot of it on display in this movie from top to bottom.
0: <laughs> okay, oh, let's should we just should we just jump ahead towards uh, a yeah, yeah, so, we'll so then there's like mystery
1: mystery foot. fighting fighting his house blows up like in uh Lethal Weapon is what it made me think of uh when Mel yes,
0: multiple times the- I actually enjoyed that sequence.
1: Yeah, it's pretty good. And it's like, there's a bomb in the microwave and there's also a bomb yes. in the TV and like every everything is bombed, you know, and his car blows up, the house blows up.
0: And that was another joke to me though, that as much as I, I thought was maybe a sequence that I liked in the movie, that it was like there were bombs and all these different things. So it was actually, you know, a funny sequence. Yeah. But after Zuzu, who is a, apparently like a stupid woman, uh, Dumber than all of the other women in 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 Ford Fairlane's life, dumb to the point where he has to tell her to shut up multiple times. Uh, she turns on the TV, the TV explodes, knocking her back, and she goes, "Great video." <laughs> what what was wrong with the eighties? Like what? What were jokes? What like, were jokes then?
1: I don't know. I don't think they had figured it out yet. I think they were just kind of like, if you just kind of say something, that's like a joke. If you just say it right, you know, if you go, if you because if you shoot was... something and you go, Clint Eastwood, I fucked him. That's like a, that's a joke, right? That's a joke. <laughs>
0: yeah. Because there was no videotape. She just turned on the TV. So what is what did she mean? Great video, like. What does she mean?
1: Well, it's like, Ricky, Like the thing is these broads today, okay? They love MTV, you understand? So, like, to them, to one of these broads, like, if the TV blew up, that's probably what she would say. She'd say, like, great video. Like, a music video, obviously, Ricky. Come on, not a VHS tape, you know? She's trying to see her favorite band on MTV.
0: <laughs> I love that halfway through the movie, too, they were like, you know what this movie really needs at this point? A woman... For Ford Fairlane to tell to shut up every time she talks.
1: I will say from the first, very first time they show Zuzu's petals, I was like, this woman is too young. (laughs) It makes me uncomfortable that this woman is in this movie. Like, I don't like that she's in this movie. I don't want her to be around these people. Nobody ever explicitly, Ford Fairlane doesn't explicitly come on to her. I think she's like the only woman in the movie he doesn't like try to have sex with. But like, so I think it, the movie kind of is aware that she looks like she's 11, but it, it it's still, it's so close to the line. I really made me uncomfortable to see.
0: There's also a moment in the movie where he finds a video, speaking of great video, he finds a video of Priscilla Presley and Gilbert Gottfried having what seems like uh, consensual SM sex where something is getting shoved up Gilbert Gottfried's ass, mm-hmm. and it is only played for like 10 seconds. And then, di- and I, that to me was like the greatest offense of the movie. Where I was like, <laughs> How could you stop that goal? You're like, I want to like, see
1: more of this. Where is this going? Like, what's the they arc clearly, of
0: this? Sh- they clearly shot more of fucking priscilla presley in like a leather dom outfit plunge essentially plunging something up gilbert godfrey's ass <laughs> while he was going oh god oh! like how dare you cut away from that
1: i mean it's just rude to the viewer you know fuck off
0: um so then the end of the movie we get to wayne newton is the villain and uh he's doing it because of something and they end up on the uh the capitol records building in a fight with robert england and uh they're falling off the building in fun in quote unquote funny ways there's some <laughs> weird close-up of it. dice man as he's falling where he like does a he like touch he flicks his hair back and he goes goo goo goo, <laughs> but he's supposed to be falling off the building and they're and falling for a like strange a strange cut
1: yeah they're falling for a very long time. It's like a comically long amount of time. But then when they cut back to the building, it's like they've only fallen like six feet, which I also thought was very weird because they show Dice Man tumbling around and he like fixes his hair like, goo goo. And everybody else is tumbling and tumbling and tumbling, and then I thought they were going to die or I don't know fall into a uh, like a a truck full of feathers or something. But no, they've only fallen like six or eight feet, and they're just like at the next little level on the Capitol Records building. I was like, oh, that's weird. Like, why did they do that that way? That's very weird.
0: Um, And then he kills Wayne Newton. Right? Yeah, Doesn't he right. kill Wayne Newton? Oh, you see, the thing, also... Yeah,
1: the thing is, I I think I mentioned this earlier. He only drinks Sambuca milkshakes, right? And so this, they're at his favorite bar that knows he likes Sambuca milkshakes. They get him one. He throws the milkshake on Wayne Newton. Very timely, huh? Wayne Newton, fascist, getting milkshaked. And then he throws his Zippo from his holster on him. And there's so much Sambuca in the milkshake that he burns to death. <laughs>
0: like That's right. I forgot about that. That is how the
1: bad guy is killed in this movie. Which
0: is which is also a bookend to the beginning, because in the beginning, the singer of Black Plague, Vince Neil, is also, also catches fire.
1: Right. No, I thought he was poisoned.
0: But he catches fire on stage. Oh, right, 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 right. Um, And also David Patrick Kelly, who played the stalker of the all-girl group at the beginning, that he shot the disco ball over, Comes back and is reformed and beats the hell out of the bad guys that are trying to kill Lauren Hawley and saves her. And then Diceman finds out that Robert England killed the father of the boy that Diceman is like, is Diceman's only friend. It seems that he hangs out with. And so Diceman tells the boy that he'll be his father. And then he decides that he'll have a relationship with uh, Lauren Hawley, which he, like Dick Tracy, which uh, he tells her in a very half-assed fucking way that she just loves right yeah. it's very similar to he's he's like i, I want to live a stupid boring life with you i don't want to have sex with beautiful women and have fun anymore
1: and she, she goes, goes good. she goes hmm i'm not fun <laughs> right yeah, that's really weird. It is weird cuz out of cuz the whole time it's like we're given to understand over the course of the movie that they have fucked in the past and maybe she likes him but he doesn't really like her and that's what's going on between them. And in the meantime Dice is like fucking all sorts of other people and talk trying to fuck everyone he meets, right? At the end of the movie after the Wayne Newton has been murdered with a milkshake and the magic CDs have shown everything that's, you know, we were supposed to find out on the CDs, all he's back in his bombed out house and he's like I'm so lonely. My girlfriend left me. And we're like, wait, was was she your girlfriend? <laughs> is that is that how you think you were supposed to behave towards your girlfriend? Like, no wonder your girlfriend left you. <laughs> like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> like This is literally, literally the first time he refers to her as his girlfriend <laughs> is in this part.
0: He refers to her. I don't remember that. He refers to uh, Lauren Holly as his girlfriend in the end. He
1: says, he says, my girlfriend left me. He's like, I'm so sad. My girlfriend left me. And he's talking but about she her. Was
0: never, she was never, I never thought that she was his girlfriend. <laughs> I don't know he if was they, he always,
1: if he's supposed he to be realizing at the end, like, like he's supposed to be realizing that she was his girlfriend or if the whole time he thought she was his girlfriend, like.
0: But he was always talking to her about other women that he was fucking. Yes. Well it's, she would, it's she the nineties,
1: Ricky. It's the nineties.
0: She would she would call and she would be like, Ford, we have we have work, there's a job coming in, and he would be like, Hey, I'm busy fucking triplets.
1: <laughs> and she's like, Oh I you. Wonder,
0: but I wonder if she was confused because he says that he fucks everything. So she never <laughs> took him <it> literally.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure he didn't have sex with the concept of a shirt, you know, like <laughs> <laughs>
0: someone was like why do you love this guy that's always having sex with people and she's no 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 it's just something he says
1: (laughs) it's just like a joke we have this joke i don't know it's he's not really very good at making jokes he just says he fucks things it's fine
0: you know yeah the definition of andrew dice clay he's not very good at jokes he just says he fucks things (laughs) uh we'll just go with this because there's no video of um There is somewhere, probably, but I couldn't find it on YouTube in a quick search. There's no video of Siskel and Ebert talking about it. We just have Roger Ebert's review. Um, And we'll just go with his first paragraph, where he says, The the Adventures of Ford Fairlane is a movie about a hero I didn't like, chasing villains I didn't hate, and a plot I didn't understand. It is also loud, ugly, and mean-spirited. That makes it the ideal vehicle for Andrew Dice Clay, a comedian whose humor is based upon hating those not in the room for the entertainment of those present." I think that is a beautiful summation of the movie and Andrew Dice Clay. I mean,
1: knock it out of the park, one hundred percent. Roger Ebert striding above his moment in time in order to see this with complete clarity. Like, yeah, I I also read that and I was like, yeah, pretty much sums it up. Yeah, it's like I agree, one hundred percent. Yes, yes.
0: Yeah, there's not much. There's not much to to add to that. Other than that, seems like that seems like the correct take for that moment. 30 years ago. Whereas the correct take for it 30 years later is, are you fucking kidding? This is dangerous. This is evil. You
1: cannot do this. You cannot do things like this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good Um, Lord.
0: What do you think, uh, what was your favorite part of the movie?
1: Oh, you know, I mean, I brought these up before. I did my big list I put together, but I think definitely my favorite thing was the insane list of character specifics that Dice has. (laughs) Again, these specifics are, he has a Zippo in a holster. He only drinks Sambuga milkshakes every time he answers the phone, which he does many times in the movie. He does it like it's a radio call-in contest because you never know. (laughs) And then also he has a giant classic car. Also, he could have been a rock star. Um, I, and he, oh, and he has a gun up his sleeve at all times. Uh, why? 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 Any? Of, why should any of that be happening? I thought it was great. I thought it was so fucking dumb. I really liked it.
0: My favorite part of the movie was the fuck video between Priscilla Presley and <laughs> Gilbert Godfrey. and I was uh, it was also my least favorite part because I didn't get more of it. Yeah, I, I didn't get the. Ch- I didn't. I didn't get the chance to come. I'm
1: really sorry, Ricky. You know, I mean, you should just do it in slow motion.
0: Uh, this movie came out 30 years ago it has uh it is now 30 years old um what do you think the adventures of Fort Fairlane has grown out. of. Oh my
1: God, Ricky. Like what the fuck? Like what, how could you even answer a fucking question like that? Like everything about this movie is you could not even approach with a 10,000 foot pole today in Hollywood, (laughs) like from the treatment of women, like to the like treatment of homosexuals to the treatment of trans people, you know, like
0: an incredible example of why the phrase you can't get away with that anymore is useless and, 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 and and almost like hateful in and of itself, because watching something like this, that you quote unquote, couldn't get away with anymore. You recognize how much you shouldn't want to. It shouldn't be a can't get away with it anymore. It's like, you don't want to get away with it anymore because it was hateful and mean.
1: It was obvious at the time that it was hateful and mean. Like the thing that we're not saying is like, for as much as we're talking about Andrew Dice Clay being like such a big deal, he was also like every single person with half a brain cell, every person writing for every newspaper and magazine in the country was like, this person is hateful and evil and they should not be allowed to be doing this stuff. Like it wasn't like nobody had figured out back then that he was bad. Like everyone knew that he was bad.
0: But there were also, they allowed, he allowed conversations about whether or not he should be allowed. Right. Like it's hateful and mean, but he has an audience and I don't want to stop him. Right. So he becomes this free speech argument where it's like, sure if you're going to support public enemy, when the Christian right goes after them, you have to support Andrew dice clay as well, but you don't have to make a fucking Hollywood movie with him, right? Like he can go, he can sell out Madison square garden on his own. Fine. His fans can go, but you don't have to sink. 25 30 million dollars into a hollywood movie with him and let children on set oh my god i know oh my god
1: and can i just say also just we've been talking a lot about andrew dice clay's like whole existence like so this movie is also trying to like kind of co-opt his uh his act you know right where we're saying all he does is say fuck and cock like it did remind me of a time when like like, when there are taboos that everyone agrees to, it's so much easier to do a comedy. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, when all you have to do is be like, I said the word you can't say. Like, yeah, okay, that's great. And it's like, there obviously yeah. that still exists now, but the ones that are... I feel like it's so hateful to do it now. It's not just like saying fuck, which isn't necessarily mean to anyone. It's just saying a curse word. Like, that. that used to be like you... Like that was a big deal to say fuck in a movie, like you know, and you just think you look back at it and you think, why in the world was this a thing? Like, you know, I mean, the fact that they say shit on network TV is like unimaginable from the from 1990. Like,
0: that's fucking the, wild. The 80s and the 90s were this inc- insane period where they were all about breaking taboos for no justifiable reason. Yes. Yes. Right? Yeah. And so it led it, so it, it it created nothing. It created no conversation that moved the ball forward in any way. It just broke taboos. It was like, "Oh, cool. Now I can wear goth makeup in public." <laughs> Whatever. Okay.
1: <laughs> Great.
0: That's very and important. now I can wear it, now, now I can wear a shirt that says fuck the voices in my head and my mom too. I don't know like
1: <laughs> yeah I mean it did dramatically increase the quality of boardwalk t-shirts you're totally right yeah
0: <laughs> but it didn't really it didn't it it didn't move the ball forward in any other way no
1: I mean it's point it's like you're saying it's pointless it's not it's not directed at anything it's just like people who figured out they could you know get famous or make money by breaking a taboo that was you know I mean it's it was silly and people were ready to not have it around anymore but the people that you know, like Andrew Dice Clay, who made their careers on breaking them. It's just like, he doesn't know what to do except stand up and say, fuck. I mean, the motherfucker literally did nursery rhymes where he just said, fuck in them. That was it. This guy was an extremely rich and successful comedian. His act was he just said nursery rhymes where he said, fuck in them. Like, it works. That worked at the time, you know? And somehow this movie doesn't work. Like, I'm sure all the producers were like, what the fuck? You know, like,
0: is there, is there any version of that right now? Is there anybody who does anything like that comedically?
1: Like just breaks taboos, like to just break taboos. I think, well, you have to look at somebody like Ben Shapiro or something, you know, you're looking at like Steven Crowther. Like this is that, that's where that kind of thing has gone. People who are like, well, I'm just saying what we're all thinking. Like they're all now explicitly right-wing people. Right. I don't think you get it as much in, you know, Polite society, let's say, like the the comedy scene, you know.
0: Well, because even when,
1: like Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle kind of does that kind of stuff, right?
0: Yeah, that's true. But even when he does it, it's still the taboo that he's breaking is one of a like what he assumes is a culturally dominant left mainstream, right? right Yeah, those are the taboos that he's still breaking. I think if if I think of like Louis before he was rightfully canceled Uh, uh, when he would talk about like masturbation or you know uh, basically say really filthy things he was this extension not of andrew dice clay but this extension of that taboo breaking time but what he did was still wrap that taboo breaking in a well-constructed joke and a well-constructed idea about whether or not he was full of shit or not based on his Personal life, a well-constructed idea about masculinity or about how men and women, you know, exist on the uh, in the in the country, like
1: a coherent worldview of like, and it wasn't necessarily a hateful one. It was a kind of a kind of a positive one. You know, it was one that was kind of like, you know, like realistic, you know, but also like basically nice, not basically hateful and mean and violent, you know.
0: Chris, what is the most 90s thing about this movie
1: for you? I mean, Jesus Christ. What's the most 90s thing about this movie? This movie is so 90s from top to bottom. It's out of this world. And it's it's not just 90s. It's this very particular 1987 to 1991 thing. This hair metal, like Diet Pepsi commercial, like very corporate kind of like proto it always kind of reminds me of like 2002 to 2007 but it's like the first draft of that kind of stuff like completely corporate culture everything sucked um and pre
0: nirvana pre
1: nirvana yeah pre nirvana right it was just hair metal and all that kind of shit like um first first folk I- war you know like this world like it's there's so little th- stuff that came out of that era and it's it's it was great to see But I mean, maybe the fucking answering the phone, like everything was a radio call-in contest. Like, try explaining (laughs) that to a child today, that you were answering your landline in case it was a radio DJ calling you, which we didn't mention, but does happen. At the very end of the movie, he wins a million dollars from a radio call-in contest, and then they, they all go on a yacht, and that's the end of the movie.
0: And then there's a classic 80s bit where he looks at the camera at the end of the movie and goes, you think we killed a koala? That's the end of the movie. <laughs> like, you don't have to do that. Is this a kid's movie? I uh, like, well,
1: that's, that's a really good question. Kids it kids might be a kids, kid's movie. It kind of seems like a, a children's cartoon.
0: Yeah. Um, hmm. my, the most 90s part about the movie for me is the fact that it takes place in a successful music industry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, I didn't when want to harp happens. on that too much, but it, it is, so many of these movies, it's like, they assume you care about music. <laughs> <You
0: know? laughs> right, and they assume that you think, they assume that you think the kind of music that he doesn't like, you don't like either, and the kind of music yeah. he, like that whole scene where he kicks the guy out of the the, the recording studio and does this other very like Bruce Willis song. <laughs> uh, Bad Boy Bruce, uh he does that song. It assumes that anybody watching the movie thinks that Wham sucks. And that, you know, so the blues brothers are the best band ever. I don't know.
1: Yeah. It's, it's this very, yeah. It's all like blues. Like that's the cool thing. Everybody likes, right? All this pop music garbage, you know, like probably that stuff is more popular than the blues.
0: (laughs) That's such a, that was such a pervasive attitude for so long in the music industry. And this is a bit of a tangent, but watching footage of uh, Woodstock '99, which I watched a lot of not that long ago, Offspring's whole deal was they went on stage with blow up dolls of the Backstreet Boys and destroyed them. And it was like, we we, we you know we're so we're punk and we're against pop music. And it's like, bitches, you're probably on the same label.
1: Oh my god, like you're, you're probably,
0: probably
1: like a, I bet they are like playing the same cruise area. right now. You know, like
0: yeah, like you're probably on a subsidiary of the major label that they're on, you're all part of the same system. What's going on here? What do you care? And why do people, why did people care?
1: I don't know. Because there just didn't used to be as much stuff. Do you know what I mean? The only way to define, and it was so hard to access things and hard to make things. You had to define your identity in these like five things that you got from mass culture. So it was like, I like this one and I hate this one. And that was it. That was your whole personality. You know, like,
0: Given given the the time that we live in right now, thirty years later, uh, uh, can you even imagine getting into an argument with somebody over whether or not the Backstreet Boys are not? I mean, not even just because they both like who cares about but either of them at, at at our age when they're like defining your personality on that on fighting pop music when there is fucking racism oh God, in the I world know, right? there yeah. is like fascists in the white house can you imagine being like like well, the climate okay. you know <laughs> but i i'm gonna but what i'm gonna base my per my the, my rage on is like is justin bieber like, oh
1: what God. yeah
0: i mean no. we had our version of that was kim kardashian though like our generation's version of that was like or like the next generations was like hating the Kardashians and blaming them for like oh the, the real of media. I
1: can't believe these. Oh, they're famous for doing nothing. <laughs> like, okay, yeah. all right, I guess. I don't know.
0: Can I? Can I tell you something? Most actors and actresses are too. Do you know what <laughs> acting is?
1: They yeah, are the stars of a TV show. I mean, I don't know what. Like, what do you think is going right. on? You know, like,
0: <laughs> do, you, do you like what exactly does an actor do that isn't nothing? <laughs> Tell, please, please inform me,
1: Ricky. I, I'd like to talk to you about the craft of acting for the next two hours. Is that okay,
0: uh, sir? We're ready for you. You're per, like someone's been standing in your mark for the last two hours while we lit. Please come in and and let's do your take twice, and then you can you can go back to your trailer. Thanks. Um. So yeah, in the end, yeah. Thirty years later, the adventures of Ford Fairlane is um an abomination. It's evil. It's, I'm glad that it exists to, uh, as a piece of evidence uh, for what what the world was like at this point. Although,
1: can I just say quickly, I know we're at the end of the show. Speaking of it existing, it kind of doesn't exist anymore because- it, That is true. It, you can't stream it anywhere. It's not in the library of any streaming service in order to watch this movie, to do this podcast, Ricky and I had to watch this bizarre thing on, it's the full length movie on YouTube, but the movie is only in one quarter of the screen. The other three quarters are a swirling star field, which I guess is supposed to trick like copyright robots or something, but I don't think it would. <laughs> but like, um, so like it, it has in a certain sense been disappeared and does not actually exist anymore, which is really weird that that can happen now. But like, you know, fuck, I mean, you go find a fucking copy of The Avengers of Ford Fairlane, you know? It's not easy.
0: At the beginning of watching it, it may, I kind of wanted to watch this other movie that is available starring Andrew Dice Clay and Terry Hatcher called Brain Smasher, a love, a love story. That sounds good. That but sounds not, good, yeah. But no, I watched the trailer, it looked like softcore porn starring Andrew Dice Clay, which sounds bad. That
1: sounds good, Ricky. I don't know why we didn't watch that.
0: Uh, this movie's terrible. It made me sad. It made me really upset. Yeah, and I didn't yeah. laugh once. No. I did not laugh once.
1: It made me very upset and very sad. Yeah, I really felt really bad about a lot of stuff watching this movie. <laughs>